Hello and welcome to the Daily Reprieve, where we provide essays, speaker meetings, workshops, and conferences in podcast format. We are an ad-free podcast. If you enjoy listening, please help us be self-supporting by going to donate.thedailyreprieve.com and drop a dollar or two into the virtual basket. Please consider donating monthly by clicking the Donate Monthly button. However, one-time donations are always welcome. Just click the Donate Now button. Now, without further ado, this episode of The Daily Reprieve. All right. Um, thanks, everybody, for coming. Uh, this is the uh, Being Spiritually Fit. This is a panel on Being Spiritually Fit. And my name, welcome. My name is Robinson. I'm a sexaholic. Hi, Robinson. And welcome to the panel on Being Spiritually Fit. I'll be the moderator of this panel. Um, in the spirit of the fifth tradition, to carry the essay message, this session will be recorded. The recorder will not be turned off during the, set, during the session. If you do not wish to be recorded, you may participate by listening. Um, please do not tamper with the recording equipment. And we will begin with the meeting with a few moments of silence followed by the serenity prayer. Serenity prayer. God, God grant me this serenity to accept the things that cannot change, the courage to change the things I can, and the wisdom to know the difference. Thy will, not mine, be done. Will someone please read the essay purpose on page 201? I'm Justin, I'm sexaholic. Hey, Justin. Essay purpose. Sexaholics Anonymous is a fellowship of men and women who share their experience, strength, and hope with each other, that they may solve their common problem and help others to recover. The only requirement for membership is a desire to stop lusting and become sexually sober. There are no dues or fees for SA membership. We are self-supporting through our own contributions. SA is not allied with any sect, denomination, politics, organization, or institution does not wish to engage in any controversy, neither endorses nor opposes any causes. Our primary purpose is to stay sexually sober and help others to achieve sexual sobriety. Our panelists for this session are Mark, Dorota, and John. Each will be sharing for 10 minutes on the topic, and we will then open the the meeting for sharing. Please join me in welcoming our panelists. I'm John, sexaholic. And uh, 10 minutes is a long time to fill. (laughs) But then again, I guess I'm old enough to fill it. I came into this program in 2011 and had a couple years of good sobriety and then I played games with it for a while. And and now I've been sober since November of uh, 2018. No, 17. I'm sorry. Thank you. Getting messing that up. November twenty first, two thousand seventeen. Uh, this this is uh, session is supposed to be about uh, being spiritual fit, and I think it kind of fits into the other two sessions. The first one was the connection, spiritual connection. That sounds like step two and three. Spiritual awakening sounds like what they talk about a bolt of lightning, but it doesn't always happen like that. And spiritual fit is what do we do for maintenance and. Uh, I think for me in maintenance, I'm praying constantly. 
you know, because my program teaches me that I've got to be of service to everyone. And this is including in my occupation, which uh, sometimes is very difficult to do. So I, I constantly pray. Uh, I was brought up in a religious tradition, but it was a, a religious tradition that was very punitive. And God in that tradition was one of punishment and one of shaming and one of this and that. And uh, when I got to be about 15, 16, I decided I didn't want to have any of that. And then later on, I started drinking heavily and uh, got connected with the spirituality in AA. And had about five good years where, you know, I trusted God. I, I relied on the higher power. I believed in the higher power. Uh, I thought I had a, a connection with the higher power. And then I moved to Georgia. And when I moved to Georgia, I decided I didn't need meetings anymore. <laughs> and along with the meetings, there went the relationship with the higher power. I mean, it was just, it was easy. It, it fell away gradually. Yeah, it just didn't... Uh, Stop right there, there, but uh, it just fell away gradually, and then it didn't take up again. I didn't get that connection with higher power again until I got into SA in 2011, and and since then, uh, my connection is stronger and stronger. Uh, strangely enough, I got back to the religious tradition of my childhood, which I never thought I would do, because. Uh, and I, 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 t- I take it differently now. The, the, the God of my understanding, the higher power, is is a God that loves me and forgives me, and a God that uh, is beneficial to me rather than one that is going to punish me and shame me. So I mean, having that type of higher power is much more palatable and much more friendly and much more uh, of use to me than the other higher power. Uh, the one of my childhood was, one of my childhood was, oh, awful, you know, I mean, I was, uh, went to, to, to church grade schools and everything like that, and, uh, what they, uh, imparted in those grade schools was just shame and, uh, and, uh, hell and brim's fire. So, I mean, I'm glad I'm past that now. Uh, a lot of people say they hit their knees in the morning, they hit their knees at night. I've never been real good at that. I have to say that's never been my way of praying. My way of praying has always been throughout the day, uh, just a prayer here and there. Uh, God, help me handle this next situation. Thank you for what you've given me so far. You know, uh, When I see something to be grateful for, I thank you for that. And that's a prayer. Gratitude is a prayer. Just having gratitude is a prayer. Meditation, uh, difficult. Still not the greatest with that. I am okay when I get outside sometimes in nature. I can really meditate in nature and, 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 you know, it kind of impresses me that all these things that you see in nature are are God created, you know, and and just being immersed in that, it it lends me to be, uh, more easily, uh, in a state where I can meditate. Uh, I feel closer today than, uh, to a higher power than I ever have, you know. Part of it was, was the fact that for so long in my life, being the oldest of nine kids, I was a control freak. You know, I had to control things. If I didn't control things, it wouldn't work out. And I had to control my brothers and sisters. I had to control 
everything. You know, like it says in the in the big book. You know, I had to make sure my play was running good, and and giving up that control now over my wife, over my family, over everything, over my job is so freeing. Because playing God is is a hard job, you know, and uh, controlling was uh, just not not a good thing. So, yes. Well, yesterday, it was Thursday. Thursday, I was at a meeting, and we did. It was on the third step, and I thought to myself, "This is the step that really made the difference for me when I decided to turn things over to the higher power, because that freed me up to be me, and to, for for God to be God." And and uh, as I said, that's a freeing, wonderful experience. So, thank you for letting me share. Thanks, John. Hey, uh, group. Uh, my name is uh, Mark. I'm a grateful recovering sexaholic. And I'm very happy to be here today, and uh, I'm just uh, so happy to be able to attend these uh, these sessions today. They've been I can't tell you how the last one I went to on on a, a couples was just amazing. I missed it last year, but uh, I went this year. Um, it's kind of interesting. I'm talking about being spiritually fit because I don't know if my spiritually fit condition right now is better than it's ever been. I've, I've had challenges and a struggle, and a lot of you know that because I talked to you on the phone a fair amount. But uh, I want to share kind of where I'm at and what's what's going on with that, and hopefully there'll be some things to be helpful. Um, I consider my spiritual condition to be very important, very closely related to my emotions, my emotional state, and I spent a lifetime of uh, just... Uh, Dealing with emotions in a very unhealthy way, mainly pornography and masturbation, uh, uh, not being present to people. Mm-hmm. And I just, I remember when people would say, um, they wouldn't use the word present. Um, I could tell that they knew that something was up with me. And it really just put me, just put me off because I could tell they were seeing through me. And, um, uh, yeah, I'm not, the terminology, uh, Somebody use present, but uh, uh, just for instance, like if I was in a sports bar or something talking to you, I'd be looking at the TVs constantly. Mm-hmm. Or even if I wasn't doing that, I'd, I'd be looking at you, but it'd be like a hollow mass on this mm-hmm. side, not taking in anything. Mm-hmm. A lot of selfishness, a lot of just constant thought about myself and how was I going to appear? How was I going to come across to you? Because maybe I thought you were wherever you were, like I was down here and you were up here because you had something I uh, craved or whatever. So... My spiritual condition was uh, was not healthy. I'm from a religious background. My father was a public uh, uh, figure in a, in a church uh, where I grew up, uh, and it was uh, it was a uh, our family felt like a fishbowl. Three out of six of us had um, clinical depression, and uh, and uh, it was a very so I grew up around a lot of uh, depression and just kind of uh, I didn't realize till sometime later that I. Uh, uh, I had fortunately avoided that myself, but I just grew up around it and kind of thought that's the way things were. And um, uh, so when I thought about being spiritually fit, there were uh, a couple of seminal moments. I came into the program in uh, September of '04, and uh, this I want to just throw this in. It's not related particularly, but just if you remember your first meeting, I had a, my first meeting, there was seven people there, which is a pretty good breakout session for a, a group that maybe had... 35 or 40 people regularly, seven people, five of them were women. And I've never seen that happen before, since or before or whatever, and I was sure that I knew one of them. And I was just petrified that I, I probably knew them from work. 
And I thought, I went, I was thinking, I'll probably be unemployed tomorrow. What else am I doing? <laughs> so, what was that thing y'all mentioned about future stuff that you mentioned in the the people future tripping? That's it. Yeah. Future tripping. I'd be. This therapist told me one time. He said, "Man, you can be living in a going from a decent family and a." Decent job to living in a BFI container in about 20 seconds. And so it's uh, just constantly out there in the future somewhere thinking about how this is all going to fall apart. But uh, uh, but thank, thank God I stayed with it. And, uh, you know, those the uh, the group there worked for me. I got a sponsor that night. And uh, um, uh, mainly out of fear, this therapist told me, don't come back till you have a sponsor. So in that, that meeting, you know, when you go out for a breakout session, sometimes you don't get back in time to... Uh, to, to, so everybody was gone when I got back to stuff. This one guy, I said, "Hey man, where's everybody at?" He said, "Oh, they they left." I said, "Whoa, wait a minute! What do you mean everybody's gone? I I've been in a meeting. I didn't, I gotta have a sponsor." And he said, "Well, you know what we do here is we usually kind of meet people." I said, "Hey, I don't have time for that. What about you? What are you doing?" <laughs> he said, "Well, uh, I don't know. Why don't we get? To, I don't have time to get to know you. You look good." I'm available. We're just going to do this thing. So, yeah, that's about how it went, man. He was like, whoa, dude. But he did, became my sponsor. And uh, uh, a lot of people in here would know who that was. But he was, uh, other than my father, this guy spent more time with me than anybody in my life. And he, I called him every day. He met me every week. I could not figure out why somebody would get together with me on Saturdays and want to spend time with me. Because nobody else did, not even my family. Mm-hmm. So to spend time with me on Saturday morning, I can tell you that helped me to get spiritually fit because I realized that some people didn't do things like I did. They didn't run their life on being uh, selfish, uh, afraid, uh, how do things look, and living constantly in a state of confusion. And he just told me all that stuff. He said, man, I called him one day. He said, man, you, you, uh, he said, how do, how do you do this, man? You are like, you talk 90 miles an hour. You don't listen to anybody. And I was like, really? He said, yeah, you ever listen to yourself? I said, no, but I was telling him about some issues one time. And he said, well, let me ask you this. You're from a spiritual family. You ever pray about that? I said, well, do you pray? Because he was from a, I was judging his denomination. I didn't think that they prayed in that religion. He said, yeah, I pray every day and I go to church every morning. How about you? And uh, that's how my deal was going with the sponsor. <laughs> Talk about somebody needs spiritual help. And by the way, I still need it. So, um, one other thing before we leave that topic. I was on the phone with him one day and he said, hey, man. Haven't heard from you lately. I said, yeah, I hadn't needed to talk to you. And I was, you know, kind of doing well in my career, and I was just moving. I had little kids, and I had a lot to do. He said, well, well, do you remember that that meeting we had the other day? I said, yeah. He said, do you remember what you committed to? He said, one thing was calling me every day. I said, I didn't commit to calling you every day. A little bit smart aleck in those days. And um, he said, I said, uh, he said, uh, well, do you have that list? And I said, yeah, I tried my phone. And I pulled off the road. I tried, probably tried to read it while I was going down the road. I never pulled off the road for anything. But I pulled over, and about number four was right there. Call every day. And he said, uh, yeah, man. He said, you got to remember what you commit to, because when you commit to it with me, I'm going to call you on it. Some of the other people you deal with, they'll let you go, not here. And that was my introduction to start learning how to be, to trust somebody, because this guy cared enough, you know, that he was going to hold me accountable. So I had to learn to trust him, and I had to learn to trust God. But I can tell you this, I learned to trust him before I trusted God, because I hadn't done very good with God. And my deal, uh, another uh, uh, moment that was a, a seminal moment for me was in, I got in 04, 
2014, I still really hadn't had a spiritual awakening. Now, I wasn't flatlining and I wasn't going down. My wife said I was, you know, had a line going up. But it wasn't the spiritual connection that I saw in other people. It wasn't stuff I saw in your life where you had a good relationship with your wife, your children, people around you. You listened to them. You had a spiritual connection. It just wasn't that. And this guy had me write out in step three, I think it was. He said, tell me about the God of your understanding. And so I wrote this stuff out. I said, I think he's angry with me. I think he, I rarely, uh, I think I rarely do stuff that he likes. Um, he's pretty judgmental. I said, overall, I think he's a pretty good guy. He's just got a lot of stuff on his mind with other people. And I'm just not over here kind of in, in the background. He looked at me and said, man, he said, no wonder. He said, I wouldn't, uh, so that's a God you understand. He said, I wouldn't want that God either. And I said, what do you mean? He said, you've been living trying to trust a God that you don't have any confidence is going to help you in time of trouble. In a time of need. So it, it helped me. I could tell you that session in 2014 was different. It was, my life was different. I still remember where I was sitting in a Panera Bread. Uh, should be able to remember the date, but it was, uh, uh, my life was different from that point on. And, and, uh, it wasn't, like I said, it wasn't a flat line before that, but it was, uh, you know, like I didn't gain anything. It's just that, uh, uh, that, you know, it, it really made a lot of difference. Um, in my spiritual connection, I was thinking about, I try to go to a gym regularly. So I try to eat right, keep my blood sugar in check because I'm uh, type 2 diabetic. Uh, uh, go to the doctor regularly, take meds, uh, have friends that are like-minded. I talk about it. I set goals. When my program in this deal, uh, in, in SA, I go to meetings. I do a daily renewal as far as reading. Uh, I'm not calling anybody right now, but I'm, I'm reading regularly. Uh, I'm talking on the phone a lot. I stay connected with people through some of the guys in the room here with text and so forth. Um, I participate in, in jobs that don't have, that can get my ego out of the way, like stacking chairs or something like that. I try to talk to God regularly, although like some other people have said, I'm not great with uh, meditation, but I'm, I'm working on it. Uh, and uh, here's some things I had to do, to, had to work on particularly early on if you're a leader of programs. I had to get rid of some relationships where people did not have the same goals I did. And they talked about things that I couldn't talk about anymore, and they uh, just had a different mindset with the world. I don't think they're bad people, but I didn't have enough. My life was already in shambles. I couldn't stay involved with somebody else, so now I might be able to handle something like that a little better. But I just had to let some of those relationships go, and I think people wondered, they questioned, but I just wasn't in a place. I had three little kids, had a wife. Our marriage was on the rocks. Um, I had a what looked like a good family and all that, but it, it just wasn't working for me. And so until this guy sat down with me, and by the way, he was uh, all the things I'm not. He was uh, I had long hair, hippie type dude, and he was real liberal. And he always he would tell me, "Well, they did something. We're working together." You know, like that song about sign, sign everywhere, sign. You know, and it was just this guy was just uh, uh, had so many things that I would have been judgmental about before. But what happened was. I got serious enough about speaking a, about getting a spiritual connection that I, I went after it like a drowning man uh, pursues a life preserver. I stopped caring what a person, their religion was, how they looked, what they thought, other than just what they could tell me about trying to get a relationship with God is all that I could focus on. And being from a, being very judgmental in my background and thinking that, uh, in ways that were not godly, they weren't right. Uh, it really, this program just, uh, it just saved me. And, uh, 
Uh, I'm very thankful, and I constantly pursue this connection. And uh, one, of, one of the things I'd like to close with is when I think about, I read a story the other day about an airplane. When you get leave Atlanta and you're flying to New York um, to, uh, say, LaGuardia, you, the airplane has to constantly adjust its course as it's going through the air because all these forces come against it. And so I'm constantly having to adjust my spiritual connection depending on what's going on with my emotions, how am I feeling, what's going on with work, how about with the family, am I calling other people and reaching out. Um, when I know I'm in trouble, and this has happened to me, I wish it didn't, but I'll sometimes keep secrets, and I'll think, oh, man, I don't want to tell these guys about that. That's so lame for somebody who's been in the program for 16 years this year and, you know, supposed to have five years of sobriety and still thinking about things I shouldn't think about or having thoughts I shouldn't think about or uh, those kind of things. So um, that's... Uh, uh, let me see if there's anything I want to... Uh, just I'll leave you with this. Um, our material says, be quick to see where religious people are right. I really started looking to where religious people were right. And I've been pretty judgmental of them in the past. And I tried to say yes to things that would deflate my ego because I had a big ego that was all out of whack. Thanks for letting me share. Hello, group. I'm Dorota, Love Relationship and Sex Addict. Uh, I've been sober since 2017, um, and I feel like a baby, literally. Like so many people here have such a great sobriety, and I feel like I'm literally just crawling. Um, but I just kind of wanted to mention one quick story. Some of you might be familiar with it. Um, there was a donkey that fell into the well, and... Uh, the farmer came and I saw, uh, kind of evaluated the situation. Uh, the well is dried out, not worth saving. The donkey is old and it's got died, not worth saving. So he brings a truckload of lo- loading it, um, with it, with the sand. He's thinking, okay, I'm gonna just come, just fill it up with the sand. The donkey will be out. The well will be out. Well, so he starts traveling one after another. The donkey just like freaking out first, sh- screaming. But then the thought comes over his head because donkeys can think. So donkey thinks, well, I'm just going to survive no matter what. I'm just going to shake it off and step up. And sure enough, one after another step, he gets up and he finally gets out of the well. And all it took was for him to shake it off and step up. And the reason I mentioned that story is because it is kind of very strong reminder for me. When I heard it for the first time a few years ago, I had always made excuses. And I did not have a very good connection with my higher power. But when I heard it, I thought, wow, there is no obstacle in my way that I cannot overcome. It is only in my head that I think that it is negative, the fear is going to bring me down, that I'm not going to be able to do this or that, that I will not be able to be sober, that I will not ever stay and have the month to sobriety, whatever that was. And yet I have to remember, I just have to shake it off and step up. No matter what failure comes my way, I have to just shake off and step up. I will always come on top of that, um, of whatever obstacles are in my way. And so that's how I think my, my journey and my spiritual connection and my spiritual fitness began because I thought I was very spiritual, but this disease proved me completely wrong. I was so far away from my higher power that I did not even want to pray. I thought he's not he or she, whatever that is, what he would not want to look at me even to let alone listen to my prayers. And so the further and further I drifted away. And I think I remember at some point 
it was the change and it was a spiritual change within me that it did not come expect I did not expect anything to happen. It just happened, I think, because just like in a gym, you know, I don't expect to go and just work out once and expect to have this massive muscles and great fit body after one day. It's going to have to happen routinely over a period of time. And I remember somebody t- in my church telling me, you know, the connection with your higher power, with God in my case, is not going to come overnight. It's not going to come out of the sky, out of nowhere. You have to work on it. And that was a big epiphany because I thought things are just going to happen I don't have to work on it. I don't need to do anything. And yet I had to be very diligent with my, with my routine and my spirituality. I wanted to have a connection with my higher power and relationship, not just connection, but relationship. But like any relationship, I had to work on it. And so whether I really want it or not, and there are many, many days that I would get up and like, I really don't want to pray. I don't want to do this. This sucks. <laughs> And yet I would do it. Even simple thing is like, God, thank you for waking me up this morning. And eventually I got better and better. I actually woke up every morning and all of a sudden like, I want to do this. There was this craving that I was like, I'm already expecting that it's going to happen, that I'm going to talk to my higher power. And my prayers started getting longer and they started getting deeper and more from my heart rather than the rote prayers that I had to learn. It was more of like, what am I feeling? What's inside me right now that is bothering me? And so first I would acknowledge who my higher power is and tell him, you know, you are my creator. You are are the one God in my life who saves me, who gave me the sobriety, who can heal my sexuality. And then I thank him for things that he brought into my life, whether it's the rain that we've had for freaking over a week (laughs) or it's a sun that we finally got. It's the smallest things that I just, even sometimes when I'm like, oh, God, I don't know what to be grateful for. I need to find something. Even the fact that I'm breathing today again is a huge thing to be grateful for. And so I'll start, I'll go with that. And then, then I petition. Then I ask for what I want. It's okay for me to ask. I always thought that it will be cocky, that I'll be, you know, self-centered, that it's all about me if I ask. But who else am I going to ask? I'm not going to go and ask my husband to deliver me from evil. You know, or whatever. I've got to talk to my higher power and he's going to do this. And he has done tremendous things in my recovery. I remember coming over here a little over what, three years ago um, into the rooms and I'm walking in and I see through the window nothing but men. And I'm like, oh, hell, freaking no way. I'm not going in there. There's no way. And I'm thinking, well, he brought me here. I've got to go in. And again, back then, my, my, my spiritual fitness was not as where it is today. I had to really work on it. But I walked in. And of course, I was terrified the whole hour that I was there. Or actually, it was an hour and a half meeting, which was even better. But I left and I had that craving like, oh, my God, this is something that I needed. I really needed this in my life to give me hope because I could not trust myself. I did not even pick up 24 hour chip for the first month being in a, in a, in a fellowship because I could not trust myself. I knew I'm not going to stay sober. So I refused picking up the chip because I'm like, there's no freaking way. And sure enough, after the first meeting, the first phone call that I made was to my now partner, not my husband. To let him, to let him know how it was. And so I did not trust myself and I could not see the hope ahead of me at all. Like this is never going to happen. It will work for so many people, but not for me. And yet the more I prayed, the more I surrendered, the more I gave up myself to my higher power completely without question. 
the more he freed me. I mean, I literally, I felt like the chains are being broken. <laughs> I came imprisoned, and I don't know idea how much time I have left, but I felt like, yeah, it's not going. <laughs> <laughs> like, I had the chains, and they were around my ankles, and now all of a sudden I'm feeling like they're being broken one by one. And where I am today with my, with my recovery, I feel free. I'm not completely free from my disease. I will always be an addict. I will always have a love and relationship addiction. I will always have that. But how I handle it is very different than what it was a few years ago. Every time I have a trigger, I surrender it and I pray. I mean, if I see a good-looking guy or pretty much any guy, yeah. you know, I, I turn around and I pray. So I close my eyes and I say a quick prayer. I'm like, Lord, I surrender and I surrender my right to lust. And I give it out to you. Give this person what I want for myself, whatever that is. Because I don't know. I don't even know what I want. And so he's the only one that knows. And so I, in my life right now, I pray all the time, just like John mentioned, all day long. Because I I still have triggers all day long. And I thought they would go away. But, yeah, like many people have shared and I've heard that it doesn't go away. So, sorry to bust, bust anybody, any newcomer's bubble, but yeah, it just doesn't go away. <laughs> it will always happen. It will, the intensity changes, but the situations are not really, the triggers are not really going away. Um, another thing that I kind of wanted to share is, you know, I kind of started looking, when I started my preparation for the, for the, for the, for this meeting, was like, okay, well, I'm going to go to the dictionary and see what the spirituality means, what is the fitness, what is being. And as I said, when I, as I was saying, the, the name of the, or the topic of this meeting, thinking it's being spiritually fit. And the word being really struck me. I remember hearing somebody recently saying, we are human beings. I'm a human being, not human doing. I'm a human being because of where I, that I am, that I exist, that my creator created me to be with my flaws and in my assets. I am a being, not a doing. What I've done and what I do is not making me human. I am a human, not I do human. <laughs> and it's, that was very profound because I needed to understand I am not a bad person. I'm not a bad human. The actions that I have done were maybe not so glorious, <laughs> but what I, who I am and what I present, what I give is good and genuinely good because it came from my creator and only good comes from my creator. So I want to, I want to share my encouragement as much as I can. I don't ever want to make anybody feel from, if I'm in, in, in anybody's, um, Company, I don't want anybody to feel bad about themselves when they're around me. I want to be an influence. I want to be positive um, influence on others. But I, I know that what I want, even when I prayed before this meeting, that I wanted for everyone to see God through me, not me. I'm just his instrument, and that's how I lead my life. Whatever I want to say or do or think, it comes through my higher power, and I want everyone who I meet to see him, not me. I'm just the deliverer of the messenger that, and that delivers the message. So um, I hope that all this helps. And thank you so much for previous shares. I always get so many great things. 
So um, thank all of you for being here. Every single meeting that I speak, I have to I have to say thank you to everybody that comes to meetings because I know I've heard many times from many men in the fellowship saying how grateful they are that women are in a, in a group, but you have no idea how much all of you have helped me shift my core belief about men. It is it's remarkable. That's why I keep coming back. I love mixed meetings because if I'm just with women, I will never understand men better. But because I'm here, I can I know that men have feelings that are the children of God, that they want to have families, that they want to have great careers, that they want to have success in their lives. They have feelings that they don't just want one thing, and one thing being sex. That's my life. My whole life was like this. But now I know I have a connection, and I know through my spiritual fitness, I'm able to connect. And I connect on a safe level, that there's nothing, there's no ulterior motives. I know I have friends in the, in the fellowship right now, and I know so many people, and I love everybody. And it's this godly love. It's not any erotic love. <laughs> it's this really good, pure love. So thank you, and thank you for letting me share. Thank you. Really powerful stories. Thank you. Because our common welfare comes first, here are the guidelines for sharing during this meeting. We do not cross-talk. That is, we share with the group as a whole rather than addressing any individual member. We speak in the I, not the we or the you. We leave our other identities at the door, including politics, religion, therapies, treatment centers, occupations, and other 12-step issues. We speak about, and from the essay point of view, our meeting focuses on solutions to our essay approach to recovery. Whenever possible, we avoid the mention of titles and authors that are not essay or AA-approved literature. In participation, we avoid topics that can lead to dissension or distraction. We also avoid profanity, sexual descriptions, and sexually abusive language. In sharing, if a speaker brings up a controversial topic or deviates from our guidelines, the moderator will interrupt the speaker and ask him to honor our request. Please note that your chairs will be recorded. In sharing, we encourage you to focus on the topic of the meeting. This is not a check-in meeting. If you need to check in, please find a temporary sponsor or someone with the purple stripe on their name tag after the meeting with whom you can share. We ask those who wish to share, please come up and sit in the chairs next to the microphone in a queue. As one person moves to the chair, chairing the others, just move over and ask another person to take the empty chair. So as many people as many members as possible have a chance to share. Please limit your shares to no more than two minutes. I'll have a timer for that. And please speak into the microphone so that those who listen to the recording can follow the discussion. So, since I'm sitting here, I'll share. Um, yeah, I wanted to say I really resonate with a lot of what was shared. These are really powerful shares about the spiritual component I think of of recovery and something I wanted to share was something I heard one time in a newcomer breakout that really stuck with me a lot which was you know what what um, a good example or like a good analogy of of what uh, this person uh, shared about dealing with in essay and the struggle with sex and lust addiction is um, it's kind of like a person that has um, bad kidneys that needs dialysis or they're going to die. And, um, you know, that was kind of an extreme example, but 
it really was probably one of the first times that it got real for me was to hear that and see that. Like, you know, I hear people say, like, I've got to go to meetings or I've got to make phone calls or anything like that. And, um, you know, it just, I just didn't quite fully believe that. Um, but when it was put in that, that light, um, I think the, the corollary for me is that it's not, I, you know, I can act out sexually and live physically, but I'm dead spiritually. Mm-hmm. And, um, that, that really stuck with me. So, you know, it's, um, it didn't get real for me in this program until I took it that seriously. And I really appreciate the reference to the, you know, drowning, seizing, seizing life preservers because that's, you know, that's about as real as it gets for me. So. Thanks for letting me share. Thanks for letting me share. I'm Ed W. Uh, from the Louisville area. It's right at H. January 191. Yeah. yeah. And um, rocketed into the fourth dimension. Um, fifth spiritual condition is about fourth dimension living. And. Uh, it's beyond my human mindset because it's the real connection relationship uh, I'm experiencing being at home and uh, you know I didn't even belong in my own biological home I felt like an outsider looking in a whole lot of the time and today uh I can experience a sense of belonging, worthiness, and competence that comes when I align my will with God's will. And uh, I don't do anything like perfect. And that's why the words continued and improve and practice are associated with this uh, ongoing, transforming uh, experience. That's spiritual. Um, I have a creator. I'm a new creation. And uh, the old things are are history. And uh, I have a hope of things beyond what I know in the present now. But now is where living's really at. And uh, it's my experience and it's my responsibility to grow in understanding and effectiveness of what that's all about. And... Um, I was sharing with somebody a little bit before this meeting. Um, in the big book, which works for us sex drunks just like it does for the Alkies. And I'm so grateful that I, I was introduced and shown that the white book is not meant to replace the big book, the textbook of recovery. And so the design for living in pages 86 through 88 it's not been in recent years that I've, I've been uh, more engaged in application of that way to live a 24-hour day. I can't be sufficiently grateful for that. Thanks. I'm Stanford. I'm a recovering sexaholic. Thank you all for your shares, and uh, thank you. I'm really grateful for the topic. Um, Growing up in my religion of origin... Uh, it was like spirituality was something to be intellectualized, not done or being spiritual. It was about doing, didn't be good enough. 
And that never worked for me uh, because it didn't address anything that I was going through. Um, not only did it not work, but I didn't see it working in anyone else. Um, I saw people who looked good on the outside and got approval for it. And to me, that was what religion was, was looking good on the outside and trying to look good enough so that what other people thought of me would fix what was wrong on the inside. And nothing fixed what was wrong on the inside in that environment. Uh, my secrets only got more secretive. Uh, my coping only got stronger. And my sense of being unworthy, alone, and afraid just continually spiraled down. And in recovery, <clears throat> what I've experienced is that uh, with the desire to connect with God and a desire to be sober, uh, spiritual out, spirit, being spiritual is something I experience. It comes over me. And I never had that. I never had that growing up. Oh, duty. Two minutes on me. <laughs> I never had that. And it's only in this fellowship that I saw that in other people. And I would talk to like sponsors and others and I would talk about how hard my day is and how hard things are. And they'd say, oh, thanks for sharing that. Have you prayed about it? And I would like, pray about it? Why would I do that? No, that's not going to fix anything. Because I didn't have... The God of my understanding wouldn't, didn't care about what I had to say. Um, he does now, but he didn't then. Thank you. Thanks, Thanks The uh, sex addict? Um, the... Uh, I kind of like uh, resonate with the guy that was just here because I myself I grew up in the church but uh, I saw so many flaws in the church so many flaws in my my culture um, uh, so many things that I'm surprised you know my people aren't you know busting down the SA doors because it's so ingrained in our culture well in my culture that <clears throat> to surrender to a higher being or a higher power was very difficult. And, um, but um, in the past year, I found a really good group here in Augusta that <coughs> changed my mindset. Because I, I didn't realize how the people around you is enough power. You know, they're like my extended family of a family I lost because of my addiction. And it sucks. But I know that with my constant fellowship with them, they keep me straight. And um, I can only thank God, quote-unquote, for bringing me there. Because it's still a struggle. Um, 
it's a, it's more of a struggle because of my own resentment. You know, but I'm learning to let some of those go because of my higher power is actually the people that I'm around. Mm-hmm. And uh, I'm really grateful for this this program and for the people that I meet, and especially my brothers. Hopefully we'll get some sisters in there, but we'll see. <laughs> but in either case, I appreciate the time. Thank you. Hey, guys, I'm Justin. I am Sexaholic. Uh, I heard some really good shares up here. Thank you. Thank you all for sharing today. It always helps me. Um, one thing that I really resonated with about the spiritual life is... Um, well, I didn't have one <laughs> before I got here. Uh, that was pretty true. Um, I never had any real spiritual connection before I got in these rooms, um, and now I have. Um, so that is uh, that's amazing. Uh, but one thing I realized is I kind of needed a mentor. I needed I needed um, uh, Dorota mentioned that uh, you know her perspective of men. And what men can be, like what a man should be or could be, change. That happened for me. I didn't know what it was to be a spiritual leader or a man in that sense either. I had no idea. My dad didn't show me that. Um, but I learned that from my sponsors and the men in these rooms. And that was uh, having, you know, going through the steps, uh, learning. Uh, these old notions about higher power, they were jacked up. I mean, they were really bad. Um, that whole thing Mark shared about how, um, not to cross talk, but my idea about my higher power was terrible. I mean, like, of course I wasn't praying for help. I didn't think I was going to get any. I thought it was out there, and he didn't care anything about me, really. Um, so the this, this steps uh, and the spirituality of the steps and the big book and this program has changed my uh, my perception of what what spirituality is and uh, and how I can connect to it because uh, it's it's definitely available to me. It's just sitting there. You know, I can work these steps. I can pray to a higher power, and uh, and my heart and my mind do change. Uh, but I, it's like a um, it's like almost a rite of passage into true manhood and spirituality. And I'm really appreciating that. So I'll pass. Uh, Lee, Powerless Over Lust. Thank you, panel, for being on the panel. Uh, I really appreciated the the connection between being physically fit and spiritually fit. Uh, Because, uh, you know, I've always wanted to join the gym lately and. because of my origin of lust, that's the last place I need to be. But yet, so now when I think of the comparison, uh, now I can look at being spiritually fit in a different manner, uh, and uh, and to be and to be more serious about it. Uh, because like 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 we shared, it's not going to take uh, one day to to be all that I want to be spiritually. It's going to take time, and uh, I am willing to wait. Uh, and I'm willing to uh, put in the effort. Uh, and uh, so thanks for letting me share. Thanks.
Hi, I'm William L. I'm a sexaholic. This was nice when I first came into these uh, rooms. This uh, was really the first time I think I had gotten serious about prayer. I was raised in a uh, faith tradition, and uh, I think everybody talked about prayer, but it was generally like the, the results were very nebulous. It was just like, oh, do that, or read your spiritual literature. It's, it's all, it'll all work out. That, that, that's all what you're supposed to be doing. And I guess I never really believed them, but when I came into this uh, fellowship, I heard a lot of people, and they weren't talking about like prayer in the sense of, oh yeah, that's something I'm supposed to do. It's more like, I have to do this. I need to do this or I'm going to fall. You know, and it suddenly became a much more real and tangible feeling for me of like why I needed to pray, why I needed to actually like open up and you know do a morning meditation kind of stuff because I knew I needed this. I saw others needed it, and I noticed that really helped. Um, so that's been like uh, my deal is I finally seen like. When you get physically fit, you can sort of see the results. You know, now it takes several years, it takes several months, but then you can start seeing the results. But for me, I never saw what spiritual fitness looked like until I joined these rooms. Uh, thanks for letting me share. Thanks, William. Uh, hi, guys. My name is Ben. I'm a sexaholic. Hi, Ben. Um, so I am actually maybe have the reverse, I guess, or. I don't, know, I don't want to assume what other people's experiences were, but I had experienced a relationship with higher power before I came to the program um, for several years. Um, was not was not raised in a, any sort of religious background, but came to know um, my God um, on my own, and that was phenomenal. Um, and it's the most important thing about me. And uh, um, I mean, from that, from that, God directly gave me this program um, and my sponsor Robinson is incredible as well um, and I've started the place I'm in right now spiritually thinking about what what would spiritual fitness look like for me in this season um, and uh, I'm, I have a few months of sobriety now as long as I've been in the program and starting to think about um, positive sobriety and not just abstainment and negative sobriety um, and thinking about how how my higher power is going to play a role in that. And the biggest thing I've, I've started to realize um, is as I'm doing a fourth, fifth, whatever, step inventory and confessing that is that I'm not just surrendering my lust over to Christ or to God. Sorry. Um, I I'm ultimately need to surrender quite a bit more, um, quite a bit more than just uh, I'm going to abstain from this these behaviors. Um, and so I'm excited to pursue spiritual fitness. And right now, I think in my life it's apparent that that's going to include um, surrendering over of, of things as he asks um, in the moment and, and continually uh, revisiting that every single day um, through prayer and uh, revisiting that with the same willingness that I had the very first time I encountered my higher power. So with that, thanks for letting me share. Thanks. Thanks. I'm DeLon, sexaholic. Hi, and uh, thank you guys for your shares and everybody in front of me. Um, I, uh, uh, on my journey, have, have uh, 
been a part of uh, uh, AA, and uh, you know, so far, I have yet to be addicted to too many healthy things. You know, <laughs> uh, I don't know why. Uh, you know, I don't get addicted to praying. I don't get addicted to eating healthy. I don't get addicted to doing things that will help me for some, for whatever reason. Um, and so, uh, uh, part of my disease is um, um, I think about doing a lot of things, but yet do very little. Um, I wait for things to happen. You know, I, I, I wait for the burning bush or, or the Red Sea part or, you know, some, oh, you know, um, and uh, so far it's never happened, you know. And then that gives me the excuse to be lazy, to 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 um, just do what comes easy for me, uh, which usually turns out to be destructive. Um, and um, now I have to, uh, uh, while I am a being, I have to start doing some things, you know. Um, and usually those things are what other people are suggesting for me to do, what my sponsor is suggesting, like hitting my knees and, and praying and reading and, and, and all of these things. Um, I have to make choices, but then I have to act on those choices um, because by not doing something, I'm making a choice and I'm doing an action as well, uh, which is usually destructive to me. Uh, so um, I, that's what I'm trying to do now, to, to get more spiritually fit, I'm, I'm trying to start doing more spiritually fit things. So thanks for letting me share. Thanks so much. One more share. Hey guys, my name's David. I'm a sex addict. Hey, David. Um, and I'm grateful for all the previous shares and the topic of this particular discussion. Um, I never really had any kind of negative view of spirituality or any specific form of religion. I grew up going to church. But I kind of, as an adult, I, through my ego and sort of selfishness and disconnectedness, I kind of made this excuse in my head of, if I don't ask God for anything, then... He's not going to expect anything from me. So therefore, we're just, you know, we're kind of mutually exclusive in that way. And, um, so, and that was okay for me because it, it, in a way, it gave me the freedom and an excuse to, to participate in bad behavior without having to really suffer a consequence. And, and since I never really thought I was uh, doing anything detrimental to anyone else, you know, it's just me being me. And since I don't ask for anything, I don't have to give anything. And when I discovered this program and started participating in it, um, that's when I realized that... Uh, it didn't have to be something, you know, God doesn't expect anything from me. He's there for me whether I make the choice to accept that or not. Um, I'm being looked out for whether whether I ask for that or not. And I had to 
really start to implement and see how the the sort of let go, let God concept was the only way I was going to be able to surrender uh, my powerlessness over this addiction. And um, so this was a very timely and important thing for me to to reflect on today. Thanks, everybody. Thanks, 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 Dave. One more round of applause for our panelists, too. All right. Um, that's all the time we have. Thank you for participating. Please, uh, we already thank the panel. One more time. Anything you have heard at this meeting is strictly the opinion of the individual participants. The principles of SA are found in our 12 Steps and 12 Traditions. This is an anonymous program. Please keep the name, address, and phone number of anyone you meet to learn about an essay to yourself. And what you say here, let it stay here. Yeah. Remember, we never identify ourselves publicly with SA in the press, radio, TV, or films. Neither does anyone speak for SA. We'll circle up after a moment of silent meditation. And Justin, you want to lead us with a prayer of your choice? Which prayer did you want me to say? Whichever one you want. Oh. <laughs> okay. Why don't we do the third step prayer here? Prayer? God, I offer myself to thee to build with me and to do with me as I will. Relieve me of the bondage of self that I may better do thy will. Take away my difficulties, that victory over them may bear witness to what was of hell. Of thy power, thy love, and thy way of life, may I do thy will always. Keep coming back, it's worse if you work it, you gotta work it today, and you're back, it's worth it. I would like to thank you for listening to this episode of The Daily Reprieve, the best source for experience, strength, and hope for SA members. Please subscribe to this podcast to be alerted of new episodes. Please show your support by donating to The Daily Reprieve by going to donate.thedailyreprieve.com and choosing either monthly donations or a one-time donation by clicking Donate Now. Thank you for listening, and stay tuned for the next episode of The Daily Reprieve.